Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds, Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. <laughs> Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! <laughs> Together, they form The Mothership. Their mission, to harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms, to dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership, saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thank you so much for joining us, and happy Friday, friends. Happy Friday! Happy Friday! <laughs> Let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games. And what's getting me through this week is I started watching Shit's Creek again because I needed to laugh a little bit. And um, I should just cut past the episode uh, where um, David and Moira are making enchiladas together, which is a classic. I'm Brian Truett. I watch movies. And what's getting me through this week, because I've not started my Ted Lasso rewatch before starting the new season, is Snake Eyes, the uh, new G.I. Joe Origins movie starring Henry Golding as everyone's favorite mute mask commando. Although, Ninja Commando, but, but now, because it's a prequel and we're like rebooting the whole thing again because the other two G.I. Joe movies haven't worked. Now we have Henry Golding's handsome face, and he talks because he's not disfigured and mute yet. Um, but he's good. You know, I, I feel like, you know, it's if you like ninjas and martial arts and stuff, it, it's a good flick. Um, it's, you know, if you're a G.I. Joe fan, it, like, pays homage to, um, you know, the cartoons and toys and everything we grew up with. And, you know, Henry Golding's cool. Uh, Andrew Koji plays Storm Shadow. He, he pretty kind of steals the movie because Storm Shadow always is stealing stuff from, from Snake Eyes. Um, he's good. He's awesome from Warrior, which Warrior's an awesome show. It's on HBO Max. Watch it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it'll, get everybody, it'll get everybody in the kung fu mood before uh, Shang-Chi hits in September. What I find funny about that movie is when I first saw the trailer, I was like, oh, cool, a Henry Golding, um, you know, martial arts movie. And then I saw that it was G.I. Joe, and I was, like, less excited to watch it after seeing the franchise branding. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You didn't grow up with it. I mean, you, yeah. you're, you know, kind of like that's the – it's it, and, I, and I, I mentioned this in my review. It's just like, you know, for, for kids of my generation, like, you know, it was our Marvel movies. You know, we we lived and died with, you know, the G.I. Joe cartoons and toys and, and comic books and, you know, with Transformers and, and He-Man and things like that. I mean, we didn't have Marvel movies yet. We had we had G.I. Joe cartoons. And I think, you know, and I, th I think they're always going to be kind of screwed in a sense because it was such like a, a very narrowed fandom for that, you know, and no other kind of 
generation. It's never really been any that popular for any generation. So, you know, well, Marvel movies will, like, you know, have a few generations of fans. You know, G.I. Joe is, like, this one pocket of, like, middle-aged dude, white dudes. <laughs> um, and they're they're trying hard to, like, you know, really kind of make it, you know, inclusive. You know, this is a, a mostly Asian cast. You know, Snake Eyes is an Asian-American and not a, you know, disfigured white dude. So, that, I mean, that's a plus, I guess. You know, and especially here because, you know, Henry Golding is good in this role. Um, so, you know, they're trying the hardest, but I just, you know, it's kind of an uphill battle. I feel like uh, G.I. Joe has always set the bar low anyway. I mean, they had an episode where Cobra was trying to subliminally recruit followers by starting an 80s hair metal band. Mm-hmm. So Cold Slither, man. Yeah. Cold so Slither rocks. I, I've, never, <laughs> I've never expected a lot from a G.I. Joe movie. So I think that's why a lot of people are like probably more excited about it. Yeah, I, know, I think more, most people remember like the P, the you know the cheesy PSAs more than anything. Um, well, I'm Kelly Lawler. I watch television, and what's making me happy this week is I've been catching up on the new season of a fantastic, hundred really sophisticated television show, um, Holy Moly on ABC, which is a, a summer silly series about extreme mini golf, um, which is kind of like. A combination of mini golf and um, all those shows where people, you know, fall down basically after doing extreme stunts. Um, so it's very silly. It's hosted by Rob Riggle. Uh, Steph Curry shows up as a golf pro. Um, and I've been, you know, stressed out and trouble sleeping. And I was just like, you know what I want to do? I want to watch people, you know, try to not get knocked up. By a windmill into a big uh, pool of water and fail miserably. And so I did, and it's made me very happy. That sounds like the perfect show. My daughter is very into that show. We started watching it like during the pandemic last year when it, you know, I think it was the second season last year. And like, and usually I'm like averse to that kind of nonsense in general, like reality show you know, comedy nonsense, but like the, the sight of like some dude getting hit by an outhouse door and flying <laughs> into brown sludge. I'm yes. like, I mean, I'm like, it wasn't even a dude. No, it was like a woman in like a gown or something. It was like this kind of like fashion influencer or something. And seeing her go flying into brown sludge, I'm like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> it's just, everyone's in on the joke. They wear outrageous costumes to come do it. They're like, I'm the king of mini golf come beat me and they for incredibly like fake high stakes because they could maybe win some money but mostly they buy luck because the mini golf courses are so hard it's more about luck than skill um and so yeah you don't feel bad when people like wipe out because they kind of they knew that they were probably going to um and they really seem to enjoy it unlike things like wipeout which i do not find very funny at all um, if this is your first time listening, uh, boy, do we have some bad news for you. Um, <laughs> and we have some bad news for actually for all our listeners. I don't, I, you know, it's kind of sad, but also, I don't know. I mean, I think the only way to get through it is to laugh about it, I guess. I don't know. We're all in a uh, weird place. It's we're okay. all, yeah, we're all in a weird place right now. Um, so today marks the final episode of this podcast. Um, we started this nearly seven years ago as a chance for us to talk about pop culture and a lot of the nerdy pop culture that we love our favorite, you know, comic book movies, TV shows, video games, um, spoiler town, which I know a lot of you listeners have been around a long time. know very well. Um, just the numerous adventures 
trying to avoid every single spoiler imaginable. Um, but now it is time to power down the mothership in this podcast. But before we do all that, we're going to talk about some of our favorite pop culture moments of the past nearly seven years now, which takes us back to 2014. And it was funny because I was looking at the box office and all the movies that came out in 2014. Um, Transformers Age of Extinction was the top grossing box office movie worldwide. It made over a billion dollars, which I'm still trying to process. <laughs> um, the Hobbit Battle of Five Armies was out that year. And the first Guardians of the Galaxy. So I did not. I, it didn't hit me until I saw that list. I was like, wow, we've kind of been doing this for a super long time. And we started talking about, like, Hunger Games. I mean, our, our first episode was about, you know, YA movies. And I, I can't remember which Hunger Games movie it was. But it was, like, pegged to the uh, Hunger Games movie. And, like, YA movies don't even matter anymore, kind of. You know? It's, it's, it's interesting. Kind of, like, that was kind of a flash in the pan. I mean... I've been doing this podcast almost as long as I've been at USA Today. It started; a f- we started it a few months after I started. So, um, yeah, it's encompassed a lot of my career. I remember one of the first things that I remember working on at USA Today was the Star Wars casting, the black and white photo of, you know, little known actress Daisy Ridley and Adam Driver and everybody sitting around the table with Carrie Fisher, which is really sad. Um, and uh, now I'm annoyed at Star Wars. I was so happy about Star Wars back then. And, and now that makes me sad. It's, that's another thing that's been wild, too, is how we were so eager for all the movies. And now it's like we're way more excited about the TV shows and everything else that's not a movie whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, let's dig into some of our favorite pop culture stuff. Kelly, uh, we'll start with you. Um, what are some of your favorite pop culture things of the last few years well one thing i felt i had to bring up which doesn't really come under the uh banner of favorite things but it's definitely like most important and most impactful for me personally would be game of thrones which is a show i used to really love and then became the most important thing i ever did in my life and so therefore i could no longer particularly enjoy it at all um because i became a game of thrones story writing robot um but I do think a lot about um, that show predates the seven years of this podcast, but I started really writing about it in 2015, talked about it on this show a lot, and it was something I really loved and had really, really good episodes and seasons here and there before a lot of it went to heck. But um, I do, you know, as I see all the TV that's coming now trying to be big and epic and expensive from Loki, which seemed to have a special effects uh, budget minimum as opposed to a budget maximum um, to, you know, Amazon's Lord of the Rings adaptation, which will maybe someday actually surface um, to The Witcher, which remains one of my favorite shows. Um, I say on the air, but it's been almost two years since it's on the air, but it's coming back in December. Um, it has had a big effect on the world and on me personally. Um, and, uh, it is maybe coming back with a prequel. We'll see. Warner media, HBO max really needs it to, to happen. But, uh, yeah, I did, I did have some fun with game of Thrones 
and a lot of very late nights. Um, so let me do uh, one of my picks. Um, this one's obvious because I used conversation about this game to almost derail an interview with a famous person, which was awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's Overwatch. Um, and it's funny that you I got play hooked Overwatch? on Overwatch. What? I know, I've never I've heard never, of that. I have never talked about this game. It's Damn. weird, right? I, I know, know it's so so strange, right? Um, it's funny though because uh, it's made by Blizzard, which makes World of Warcraft. And I swore to myself, I'm not going to play a Blizzard game ever because they're just too addicting, and I just I don't want to play Warcraft. I don't want to, you know, I didn't want to get sucked into that. I knew it was going to be so time consuming, and I just I knew myself, and I knew I couldn't do it. But I tried Overwatch, and I'm like, okay, it's a shooter, it's a little boring speed, and obviously I've loved it. Um, I think I played it solid five years. Like that was my go-to game. I have since I haven't played it probably in a month or a few months or so. So, um, which is crazy because I played it for a really long time. But it was such a, I mean, I played that game so religiously for so long, and I just love the fact that it was um, it encouraged people to work together, which is really hard to do in a video game. Um, it was just way more cooperative. They encourage you to be cooperative and, um, it just had a lot of cool characters and a really fun universe. And there was just so much to love about it. But I think over everything, it was just about being able to play with other players in a slightly civil environment compared to some other games. So, uh, Brian, let's hear from you. Well, I'm going to go back. I'll go back to star Wars. Um, you know, I, I think that was that was the thing that you know because Kelly mentioned it. You know, the one of the things <laughs> that has happened in the last seven years is like Star Wars came back in a huge way, and then kind of like <laughs> became like a thing that wasn't that great, but then kind of had like a shift back up and with the Mando and everything. Um, but you know, when Force Awakens hit, I mean, I feel like that was such a huge moment for me because that was like, it re- it renewed this love of Star Wars I haven't had since I was a kid. And, you know, I remember going out to LA and we, you know, I watched the premiere and that was like one of the coolest nights of my life. And, you know, me and, and, and Carly, you know, one of, one of the original co-hosts of this podcast, I mean, we did like a, a breakdown, you know, we did like a podcast breakdown right after the thing, you know, and just like, I could hardly talk because I was six of the dogs at the time, at the time, but, you know, it was like, you know, we wanted to talk about it because we were excited about it. We talked about it in the car going going to her place before I had to take my, my plane ride home in the middle of the night. And then we did a podcast about it. I mean, it was just, it was such a really cool thing because, you know, J.J. Abrams tapped into like kind of what I really loved about, about Star Wars at its very core about heroes and about good and evil and, you know, and, and legacy and family and things and bringing back characters we loved and you know and introduced such great characters like daisy ridley's ray and 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 finn played by john boyega and oscar isaac poe and and then you know but unfortunately you know it didn't last but like but still you know force awakens you know when 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 that hit pop culture like people paid attention to star wars in a major major way again like they haven't in you know quite some time which which what you know even though it, it didn't turn in like kind of this toxic online element and you know there was there was some iffy movies afterward that didn't quite equal a, a very c- complete trilogy you know you know it is what it is and you know it for that one movie though you know 
Star Wars was back in a very big way and every you know, everybody loved it again. I remember a story that friend of the podcast Mike Ryan wrote the week Force Awakens came out before it came out that was the headline was something like today is the best day to be a Star Wars fan and it was like the last day before the reviews could be published and like social mm-hmm. media reactions could happen so the Force Awakens in our minds was the best Star Wars movie ever made which I think is such a good distillation of the energy around in December 2015 and it was really fun and I don't think we're going to get it again with many other movies Star Wars or not um, and it was very fun to work with Brian on all the Star Wars stuff we did back then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I don't think I don't think Star Wars will ever be the same. No, I, I, you know, I think I think it'll it'll transition to more of maybe a TV show, um, perhaps because it's found some success there. But I just don't think it'll ever be quite the same, and that's okay because I think you know we've, I think there's 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 enough room for other new things not the new original things you know perhaps indiana jones 5 creates something interesting that doesn't do with harrison ford but passes a, the franchise torch onto someone or something else that like it creates a similar you know kind of like pop culture boost for that or you know marvel movies will keep on chugging um we'll probably have another game of thrones at some point not game of thrones but just something like that that does hit on such a level but you know i think star wars has run its course to a certain degree i mean those 40 years of the skywalker saga you know are a complete interesting awesome thing and you know perhaps we keep on you know doing spinoffs and you know some things here and there but like you know it it won't be ever the it won't be the same ever again. And that's okay. I think, you know, people need to move on. So speaking of moving on, Kelly, your turn. <laughs> what's your next, uh, what's your next Segway. pick? I know. Seriously. I'm so good at these. Seven years in, you're incredible at them, bread. Got bread. it down. Perfect. Bread. Yep. Your name's bread. <laughs> I've been called worse. Uh, <laughs> so what's your next pick? Um, so I tried to think back to like my favorite TV show, from the past seven years and not just like the best one. Cause I like, did a best of the decade story at the end of 2019. Um, and I put the Americans down as the best show, which I still agree with, but sentimentally, and especially since I've been like gravitating towards it in recent weeks, um, I think a lot about crazy ex-girlfriend as probably like my favorite show of, uh, th- the past seven years and probably more years. Um, it was. I've been thinking about it a lot, especially since Schmigadoon just came out, which we talked about a little bit last week, um, which is another very high-profile musical with original music, um, which is really good. And then it just reminds me, because Schmigadoon has so much money behind it and so few episodes, um, how hard it was to make Crazy Ex-Girlfriend a show, let alone a good show, on CW Money doing a full broadcast TV season of episodes every year with one to three original songs every week was pretty insane. And uh, it was so good. And the songs are really hold up and can still make me very happy when I'm not feeling well. Um, And the show said a lot about mental health before it was as cool to talk about it on TV as it is now. Um, And I remain a sucker for musicals and always will be. Well, it's it's interesting though because I feel like I've seen a bit of a bump in 
a lot of musical based TV shows now, like between Schmigadoon and then also um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I feel like we've seen a lot more of that lately. And there's also a bunch of movie musicals coming out this year. So it's definitely trending right now, so to speak. You know, I think In the Heights kind of underperformed, but who can say because of the pandemic? I don't know what Brian thinks about that box office thing. But, well, it's certainly something that I would love to see more of, although I don't think we need more remakes of West Side Story. I'd like some new stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, I I, I think... I think um... I think there's a taste for musicals. I'm, I, you know, I don't know if it's successful per se, but I think you know when Steven Spielberg wants to, do, you know, wants to remake West Side Story, and you have Lin Manuel Miranda wanting to do, you know, do a movie of of Jonathan Larson musical with Tick Tick Boom, you know, you have a Dear Evan Hansen musical. Yeah, I feel like it's just in the air in terms of cre- the creatives in Hollywood. I mean, I think I think you know down the line, you know, if it doesn't make a whole lot of money, then for sure maybe then it goes away. But I feel like you know Lin Manuel Miranda especially has kind of like ticked off this this um, creative flurry of like oh you know musicals matter to people and you know people love Hamilton to death and he's this genius so let's have him do all these music you know all these songs for musicals and. And then I think people have seen that, and then they want to do like, okay, well, let's do the live action Mermaid, Little Mermaid. Let's do Dare Evan Hansen. Let's take all this stuff that has proven popular, and like, let's make our versions of it. You know, down, you know, at some point it it may not make a whole lot of money. Then they'll stop because that's when Hollywood stops making things is when they don't make money. But I think there's just kind of like it's it's in the air right now that people like musicals and they like and they want something that's a little more lively and uplifting and optimistic and inclusive and that's where the musicals are happening so you know that the, i think musicals are kind of the new YA movie in a sense because you know YA movies were really big and now musicals are really big and you know at some point it'll be something else that's really big but i i i enjoy the fact that you know musicals are having a kind of a thing because you know my kid loves them and my kid, you know, it makes my kid want to do, you know, be in a Moana Junior camp like she is right now. So you know, I, I feel like that's all good. I mean, if it inspires my kid to be creative, you know, I'm all for it. Um, okay, let me get to my second pick. Um, so I went with Stranger Things because I absolutely adore the show. What? Um, I, yeah, really, another one. Um I actually didn't watch it the second it came out. I watched the first episode, like probably a couple weeks after it first debuted. And then I think I had some other stuff I was watching or playing or whatever, and I just held off on it. But then I got back to it right before the start of season two, and I absolutely adored it. And then I binged season two, and then I'm like a full-blown fan ever since. Um, but the nostalgia, I mean, obviously is a big draw. The fact that it's set in the eighties, I mean, just brings back so many great memories there. I just feel like the casting is incredible. Um, just so many wonderful characters throughout that whole show. Um, obviously Steve Harrington is probably a very top of the list. Um, uh, but there's also, you know, David Harbour's character, all the kids, obviously, um, just really, really well done. And it's interesting too, because, you know, as we've seen the, the, the most fascinating thing about the show is it's clear that it's super popular, but because it all comes out at once, you kind of have this big wave of Stranger Things for like a week and then it goes away. I want to see Netflix do what Disney Plus has done, which is 
put out a show and have it go out week to week because I f- would love to see what would happen if Stranger Things had kind of that longer shelf life where people are talking about it episode to episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, hand, I, I just feel like Stranger Things is fantastic. Season four is coming out soon, so very much looking forward to it. Well, not soon. They're still not filming soon. it. <laughs> well, yeah, probably eventually. Couple of years. Yeah, eventually, yeah. Yeah, maybe. So I think I think my second would be Marvel, the Marvel movies. You know, it's it's. I think I feel like in the last seven years, we've covered Marvel movies really well. You know, we went to Spoiler Town. We've had interviews with you know like Peyton Reed came on to talk about. You know, in the, I think it was Ant Man the Wasp that he came on to t- talk about. Um, you know, Karen we've Gillian, had, I think too. Yeah, Karen Gillan came on. Um, we've been able to talk to Marvel stars. We've covered Marvel movies really well. Um, and I, but I, I feel like we've had the the best run of them, you know, in in, in our seven years, you know, from 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 Guardians of the Galaxy and Winter Soldier, and you know, to Civil War, and to the you know the the last Avengers movies, and I feel like nothing has quite had the quite captured pop culture like the Marvel movies have, and just because they are the biggest things going, they are you know they have overtaken Star Wars as like the possibly the biggest franchise of all time um which is pretty amazing and i mean and i think they've done it because they know what you know inherently they've known what to do with their characters their casting their stories you know they haven't really they've had they've they've made some missteps um small missteps but i mean you haven't had a bad marvel movie yet which is kind of amazing, you know, having so many kind of filmmakers involved and stars and everything. And, you know, you would think one of them would be, would be, you know, a shit show, but like, I mean, we haven't had a shit show since like dark world. I was going to say, I would say Thor of the dark world. (laughs) It's been a while. I mean, we haven't had a shit show in a while, but like, (laughs) but we've had a good run. Yeah. The closest we've had to something that's been, I guess mildly criticized. Well, and, it, and even it may have been in an aftersight is uh, Age of Ultron, where I think yeah, you know, people a lot of people like the movie when it came out, but I think now a few years in that we've had movies, I feel like people are giving that a second kind of more critical look. Well, it's it's weird with old Age of Ultron. Like you know, when WandaVision came out, there was a whole bunch of people that were like, "Oh, Age of Ultron wasn't that bad." And I feel like the other side, it's just like I feel mm. like that movie hasn't aged that great. I mean, there's no. certain things that about it that haven't that aren't great um that are you know that are good and they aren't great you know there's there's a lot there's a lot of things that have kind of flipped with that movie um i remember us talking about the black widow scene you know um where she talking talks about how she can't have kids and she considers herself a monster i remember us having that conversation on this podcast and it's and it's it's something that like kind of marred that movie in a sense but it's also interesting now you see Black Widow like has fixed that moment. I mean, it, it, it has a moment in it in itself because it has a female director. It has Scarlett Johansson as executive producer. It has people other than like Joss Whedon as like creative minds behind the thing. And like they kind of fix that moment by, you know, by having them by by talking about, you know, reproductive rights and everything in a in a uplifting kind of empowering way in a, a, in a lighthearted funny way. way yeah in a lighthearted way that's like, like one a, of the funniest parts of that of the black widow movie yeah um, and it, it, like it, in a sense it kind of fixes what what joss kind of muffed up you know 
so many years ago, which is kind of interesting. You know, even then, I think that Marvel knows its missteps and finds ways to fix things. And they maybe, or if not even fix things, just kind of like make up for things kind of down the line. I, they haven't figured out how to, you know, the Malak, or was it Malakesh, Malachi, like that horrible, <laughs> that horrible dark elf, or pretty much Poor. dark world. They still haven't fixed yet. Poor Christopher Eggleston. He deserves yeah. so much better. The best doctor, and yet he's in the worst. The world. worst Marvel villain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Um, okay, listeners, it's your turn. What are some of your favorite episodes of the podcast? Um, what's some of the pop culture over the last seven years that has been your favorite? Uh, let's talk about it on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Brett Molina 23 I'm at Brian Truitt. And I'm at K-Lols, K-L-A-W-L-S. And although you're not going to be hearing from us every week in this podcast, we would still love to hear from you after. So, again, we're on Twitter, so hit us up. Um, But, yeah, that's it. That'll do it. Um, Thanks so much for listening. Special thanks to our pilot slash producer of the Mothership this week, Natalie Boyd. Also, thank you to everyone who has been involved in producing this podcast. Adam Fish, Shannon Green, Taylor Macon, everybody. Thank you. Um, Last but not least, thank you to everyone who has listened to this podcast over the past seven years. It has been so greatly appreciated. We have loved your feedback. We have loved your reactions, your responses, everything. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Normally, I'd say until next week, but one last time, nerds out. Nerds out forever. Nerds out.